You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. What difference can I make? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Have you ever asked yourself that question in relation to this walk? Can any one of us possibly make a difference in the greater story? Hold on to that. Last week, Chris stood up here and and he gave a message that he titled, What a Difference a Year Can Make. And much has changed for us at first over the last year. And no doubt, some of those things have left gaping holes in our hearts. Those who have gone on to their eternal reward and we mourn our loss of them. But certainly, some of the things that have happened have brought strengthening, healing, direction, passion, and yes, even a a renewed sense of purpose. This morning, I want to adjust our focus from looking back, and I don't really want to look forward. I want to focus on the present. You see, Western culture has this this hang-up. We like to look back at the past and analyze And we like to look forward to the future and plan, and yet we tend to fail miserably at looking at the present, where we are. And I want to ask you again, what difference can I, can you, make? In fact, this morning, I'm going to ask you to participate with me. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to ask that exact same question out loud where everyone in this room will witness each of us saying that. So on three, one, two, three. What difference can I make? I don't know. I don't have that answer. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the king of the universe has designed each and every one of us to do exactly that. To make a difference. Our text this morning comes from the end of the book of Matthew. I bet you guys think I really, really don't ever want to leave the book of Matthew. and That's not true. But we started the end of 2018 in the book of Matthew and we ran through Most of 2019, the teaching team, working through the beginning of the book of Matthew up to August. And I want to open 2020 by closing the book of Matthew. I want to read the last four verses of that that book. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And behold, uh, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the very end of the age. Wonderful, beautiful, poignant, powerful words spoken by our rabbi. The Great Commission is perhaps one of the most well-known and most often quoted verses of Scripture. If you have spent any time in church, you've heard that passage over and over and over again. And with good reason. But I wonder, is it possible that perhaps we have maybe missed the greater purpose of that statement? Come with me. While I most certainly agree that the good news of the gospel needs to be taught to the nations, as in that verse, what is the nations? Who are the nations? Anyone? To the Jewish listener, the audience hearing this, the nations were anybody who wasn't an Israelite, a Jew. The Goyim. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that the vast majority of us in this building, probably greater than 98%, are not of Jewish birth. Anybody in here Jewish? I shouldn't raise my hand because I'm not. So I think I'm safe in saying that you and I are the nations. Let me ask you another question. In verse 19, does anybody know, can anybody tell me what the operative verb in that statement is? Go therefore and make disciples. Say it loud. Go. That's not right. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I tend to do, and that's metal. The Western church, for close to 2,000 years, has used this passage primarily for missionary activity, right? This is, this is the thesis statement for almost every missionary ministry. Go and make disciples. Would it surprise you if I told you that the operative verb in that sentence is make? Have we maybe missed the focus? I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't go. I'm not saying that missionary ministry is not good. But I'm saying I think we tend to use this to send someone else. The operative word is make, and that is incumbent on all of his disciples. So I'm going to ask you again. What difference can you make? And I'm going to say I think it's an incredible, an enormous difference that you and I can make. To make a disciple, we must teach people one person's, one rabbi, one master. We must teach their understanding, their explanation, their way of interpreting. And for us, that is our Rabbi Jesus. And each and every one of us can do that. Each and every one of us is gifted in a different way. Each and every one of us has 
different giftings by God. My giftings are not your giftings, and yours are not mine. Some may overlap, and that's okay. But every one of us has been created by the Creator to make a difference. Now, it wouldn't be a James study if we didn't have at least one word lesson. So, I'm going to shake things up, and I'm not going to give you a Hebrew word. I'm going to give you a Greek word. And that's the word for discipleship. It is methath yuo. And that, that word is used two different ways, intransitively and transitively. And I'm going to let you do the homework to look that up and find out what those mean. But I'm going to tell you, that word is used on both sides of the coin. Intransitively, it means to become a pupil or a student. And transitively, it means to teach or to disciple. That's profound to me. Because the word for discipleship is both sides of discipleship. Now, as one who teaches, I tend to, I tend to think of those that I am teaching as the student, right? That, that's natural. How often do we look at ourselves not only as the student, but as the teacher? Each and every one of us has something to teach. Every one of you. What is your story? What difference can you make? For 2020, I want to challenge us at first. I want, to, I want to say, are you willing to be uncomfortable with me? And not because I'm going to ask you to speak up here. Most of you aren't going to do that. But are you willing to be uncomfortable? Because I bet you can look around this room and recognize faces but I bet there's somebody sitting in this room you don't know. And shame on me, I know there's people sitting in this room that I don't know, so I stand up here just as condemned. Are you willing to, in 2020, change that? Because making a difference, making disciples, involves relationship. Are you willing to Step out of your comfort zone this year and join me. Join the elders. Join the staff. Jimmy talked about the attendance books, right? I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you felt as the leadership, as the eldership has prayed for you by name, but as somebody who is praying for you by name, this has made a profound difference in my life. So I want to challenge us, every one of us, this year, find one person a month. I'm not going to flood your calendar, but there are six days between every time we come together to do this in which you can reach out and connect. You want to get coffee? Yeah. Me too. Soon. You don't even have to talk about church. Talk about each other. Are you willing? Are you willing to be more than a Sunday morning pew-sitting believer and begin to interact and engage in the lives 
here with. Begin making disciples. I'm not saying that First doesn't make disciples. We have, for over 115 years, been a disciple-making body of believers. But I am saying, what a profound difference if you and I would begin to get to know each other more. Begin to carry each other's burdens more. I have seen over the last year one of the most profound things. Chris talked about it last week. The prayer and healing services. Something that we hadn't really done before here. And I, like Chris, felt guilty every time we came together to, to pray for healing for somebody who is sick, fighting cancer. I left feeling good. That's horrible. Or is it? I think what that is, is it's hard to come into the presence of Almighty God, experience Him, and not walk away feeling better. What difference can you make? Reach into the lives around you. Okay, this is going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. But take a minute and just look around the room. All of you, look. Not at me. Look at each other. While you're looking, have you, have you seen a face that maybe you recognize them, but you don't know them? If you say no, you're lying. This year, I commit to getting to know you better. Not because I'm an elder, but because I'm a member of the body. And I can't carry your burdens if you won't share them, and you won't share them if you don't know me. Will you join me in reaching into the lives of your brothers and sisters right here? Months ago, I stood on this same stage and I challenged us. I said, we were at a crossroads and we could choose to continue to sit in our pews and look back at 115 years of what we have done or we can turn our focus and we can look at where God is taking us. And first, I believe you rose to the challenge. I believe that you have answered the call. God has blessed us with, with the Bright family, with, with Brady who comes week after week, and he stretches us and he challenges us. And I thank God for that. But it isn't all on your, on your minister team, and it isn't all on your elders. It's on each and every one of us. I want to challenge you each week to meet a new face. Meet a new face. Whether it's a guest, whether it's somebody who you recognize the face but don't know the name, meet a new face. Learn a name and pray for them by name that week. Every day. I don't know what it'll do for them, but I, I, I guarantee it will change your life. Become invested in each other. We talk for the better part of 1,800 years, we've talked about being the Acts 2 church. What was the Acts 2 church family? What did they do? They did life together, everything. So we can talk about being it or we can act it out. We can live it. Are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing 
to get out of a, out of a pew and be more than just, I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to spank us. I'm as guilty as anybody. Will you make an effort to do life with each other? To be the teacher and the student? Ask the Romero family what difference it's made to them. Ask the Garcia family what difference it's made to them. Ask Mary Pendergrass what difference it's made to her. Doing life together is profound. What difference can you make? An enormous difference. Okay, so we talked about the Great Commission. There's another great. Does anybody know what that is? Say it loud. The Great Commandment. What is the Great Commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. What's the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19.18. Why? It's not a trick question because our rabbi told us it was. Right? Let's go back a little, close, a little further, a little earlier in Matthew. Matthew 22, 36-40. I'll read it. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Does anybody know what verse 40 says? For all the law and the prophets hang on these. What does that mean? Well, it wouldn't be a James lesson if we didn't talk about something Jewish, so let's do that. To the Jewish hearer, that statement, well, let me tell you what it is. The Jews referred to the Tanakh, the Holy Scriptures, which is an acronym, T-N-K, Torah, Netuvim, Ketuvim, Nevaim, Ketuvim. The Torah is what we call the law, the books of Moses. The Nevaim, the prophets, both the uh, minor and major prophets. And the Ketuvim are the writings, the poetic books, the historical books. To a Jewish ear, all the law and the prophets says all the Scripture. That's powerful. That's weighty. Our rabbi says that every word of the whole counsel of God This is what he was talking about. This wasn't there yet. Every word of the whole counsel of God hangs on love God with every fiber of your being and love each other. Will you join me this year? Will you allow yourself to be uncomfortable? Yes, it's going to take time. You're going to have to carve out some that precious commodity, time. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to be intentional. But will you join with me first and begin to create community in a way that we've never really truly seen? 
Because every time the leadership of first puts a challenge forward, first and second service rise to the occasion. Every time we meet the challenge, we are a giving, we are a doing, we are a praying church. So I want to challenge you. Will you be something more? Will you be a discipling church? Will you begin to build discipleship relationships with each other, with me? Don't be surprised if you get a call from me this year asking you to do coffee or breakfast or lunch or whatever. It's going to happen. There are those of you I don't know. And shame on me. And in fact, I hope that I get a call from some of you before I get to you. But will you join with me? Because if we can make the difference that we've made in the last 115 years, how much more of a difference can we make if we are truly pouring into the lives, carrying the burdens of one another? Have you ever been alone? I hate feeling alone. And our Creator didn't make us to be alone. He created us to live in community. And living in community is doing life together. Would you pray with me? Righteous Father, Holy God, what an honor, what a privilege to hold children of the King. Ambassadors of the King of Kings. Father, this morning I pray that You will, through Your indwelling Spirit in each one of us, that You will reach into our lives and, and meddle. Father, I give You permission in my life to make me uncomfortable. But make me bold in desiring to build deeper commitments and relationships with the believers here. Yes, we need to go out. We need to deal with what is going on in the culture around us. But Father, strengthen us, empower us, give us a burning, passionate desire to care for each other and to disciple one another, to make disciples and be disciples for our King. Father, this is my prayer in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen.